There's the real thing. A walk in the tightrope. I'm sad and I'm lonely. Oh, I'm taking the high road, baby. And then there are imitations. I'm walking the tightrope. Oh, I'm sad and I'm lonely. Oh, but I'm taking the high road, baby. <laughs> yes. Loser. At the Beyond FM STL Showcase, we only bring you the originals, starring the 45. Modern angst. Inner outlines. Saturday, April 8th at the Blueberry Hill Duck Room. It's the Beyond FM STL Showcase with the 45 Modern Angst and Inner Outlines. This is an all-ages show and tickets are just $10. It's the Beyond FM STL Showcase. Saturday, April 8th at the Duck Room. Brought to you by Beyond FM. Baby! (laughs) Yes! Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another brand new episode. Today's feature singer-songwriter, Chris Chamness. Had a lot of fun hanging with Chris over at Fat Buddha Studios in St. Louis, Missouri. So big thanks to Fat Buddha for uh, letting us hang out and record. And uh, we'll get into some of Chris's story, uh, talk about some of his international travel. Is some new songs from him and a big show he's got coming up here real soon. So you're going to hear all about it on today's episode. Do want to remind you, as always, Rock Paper Podcast is brought to you by Friendship Brewing Company in Wentzville, Missouri. Serving up all your craft beer needs. Over 25 rotating taps out there of all kinds of delicious beverages. And uh, you can get some uh, great food. They've got uh, Fish Fry Fridays going on all through Lent. Uh, and you can get uh, burgers and nachos and flatbread pizzas and pretzels and all your uh, favorite bar food there. And uh, you can get some great live music happening out there. On Thursday nights, I've been doing this Singo Bingo. You can come out and play along uh, and Thursday March 2nd is Classic Rock Night. Friday, March 3rd, Jeff Walchauser will be out there. And Saturday, March 4th, Steve Kyle. You can find their full concert calendar, beer menu, and food menu at friendshipbrewingcompany.com. Be sure to plug in with them on your Facebook and Instagram for more info. And uh, if you are in the Hannibal, Missouri area or the Flint Hill, Missouri area, great news. Friendship Brewing Company is coming to you, opening two brand new locations in 23. And uh, you can find more info on the website about that. Uh, But those will be opening real soon. So I'll uh, be sure to let you know as soon as I know. And uh, if you need anything from me, you can always hit me up on the socials. Feel free to email me 
at rockpaperpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And uh, with that out of the way, sit back, relax, and enjoy this brand new episode with Chris Chamness. Um, the podcast is kind of like a, it's like a radio show that's not on the radio. It's on, it's on the internet. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that's also like my mom. Uh, it makes it sound more confusing, doesn't it? Uh, it sounds like this. Hi, this is Chris Chamness. You're listening to Rock Paper Podcast. Rock Paper Podcast. This is beat paper. Paper covers rock. Rock beats is the shame. Covers nonstop. Never know what new kind of guests that he's got coming at you. Live and direct on the spot. Could be rock, folk, country, or hip-hop, jazz. All kind of folks that he has. Could be an artist or a comedian to make you laugh on the Rock Paper Podcast. Double-decker fudge round rolling round town. Shane coming at you live and direct from ground zero. He's your hero. He's your bestie. Rock Paper Podcast with Shane Presley. Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri. Hanging out today with returning guest, Chris Chamness. That's it? You got it right, right, yeah. (laughs) I think, Uh, I want to say that's how the podcast started off last time, too. Probably. (laughs) Well, the thing is, uh, and, you know, I'm sure you get it, obviously, we've kind of just touched on it, but, like... I get in my head, and then I start, you know, and just like I probably started the last episode, I get in my head thinking about it, and then I'm like, wait, did I say it right, or did I say it how I think I was saying it earlier, and then I'm like, I don't know, so then I just over overthink it too much, and then I end up <laughs> messing it up, but I, I'm glad I got it right this time. Yeah, right on there, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know, it's important for me to want to, you know, make sure to say your name right, and uh, I know you've probably heard it all kinds of different ways, and... Oh yeah, um, so people uh, put letters in there that aren't even there. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, man. So anyway, I uh, I'm glad to be hanging with you again. And we uh, we did this like a year and a half ago or so, and talking about your uh, EP at the time uh, that was you were working on, and mm-hmm. now it's uh, well that's out there. We got some new tunes we want to talk about. Yeah. And uh, everything else, man, and just catch up. I know it's like I said, it's been a minute. So uh, we uh, let's start with uh, I. You were telling me uh, that you you did a couple of UK tours uh, last year, and uh, I want to get into that, man. That sounds cool. Like uh, what was you've been over there before, right? Yeah. Um, just to go, you mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you visited things, but this was your first time as an artist to play. Yeah, la- the last two times were my first time just to just solely for music. Yeah, I'd I'd been there a few times before right. just visiting. Yeah. Yeah, I think we kind of got into a little bit of that in the past. Uh, yeah, I think so. And then, uh, but uh, but yeah, man. So what's uh, how, tell me about how that was it was uh spending your summer over there and stuff. Uh, it was it was amazing. Yeah, I did um I did two weeks in June. Um, I think. I played, I think I ended up playing about 10 times. I went over there with maybe seven booked over a, you know, 15, 16 day period and ended up picking up like some last minute ones up while I was still there, um, whether it was by myself or with a really good friend of mine named John Witherspoon, who is a full-time musician in Liverpool. Um, so that was fun. And then I immediately started getting offers for new places. And so 
instead of waiting until the next summer, I was like, well, I'll just go as long as I can, you know, maybe in the fall. And so, yeah, we worked it out and uh, ended up going back over for another 14 days in November. And I played 15 gigs in that time. So, so I had one day where I had, I had to play two. Yeah. Um, and that was, uh, that was different because whereas last time, whenever I got home, I felt fine. Cause I never really get jet lag or anything. Um, I was, so I was exhausted for 10 days. I think, I don't think it took me that long to get like back up to completely normal. But, um, but it, I mean, I was completely, you know, it was totally worth it though. Um, nothing, nothing I'm going to complain about yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, two trips over there, two weeks each on both of them. Um, get a nice re- response, uh, from the crowds. And- yeah. It's so different over there. Um, and I already kind of lean more towards a, British rock sound as it is so that kind of that helps a lot and a lot of the artists I listen to you know from there and are way bigger there than they are here um but yeah I know the, the response there is great and there's already just a culture of going out quite a bit too there um so so that was you, fun and then I was got I got to be on the radio for the first time over there too oh, nice. bit, this in November yeah very cool yeah do you uh compare to like you know the what you're used to here at home and um, as far as playing out, did you notice uh, much of a difference um, for crowd-wise, uh, uh, considering the pandemic stuff? Like, were they uh, were was about the same? Like, everybody ready to come out and enjoy themselves and have a good time now? And yeah, yeah, everybody was out and about, and because I, I was actually there, um, so the the time that I'm going to talk about now, um, not the November that I played there, but I was there November 21 instead. Um, to go see another band play that never comes to tour America, and uh, and even then everybody was just out all the time, yeah. and you know kind of like, um, you know at the gigs like all the gigs were packed, um, and that was you know just going to see another uh, you know obviously a bigger band, but yeah. um, but I, I went out a couple times then too, and and I think like in the clubs and stuff like that it was kind of getting back to normal, but definitely by June and then this past November it was yeah just completely normal, so I just feel like I mean I know it's been. You know, kind of beat to death uh, over the last couple of years, but you know, it d- definitely has made a, a, f- a feel like a lasting impact. You know, like on live entertainment, uh, especially, and you know, like yeah, I mean, we don't have some of the protocols going to in you know into the, the show, but you still have those that feel comfortable wearing a mask, and that's their you know, hey, you go you know, whatever, as long as you're there and want to have a good time, whatever makes you comfortable to do that, like you know, do that. Uh, but uh, you know, and I just feel like it's so you, it's just forever changed. The I feel like there's kind of there are people that are more anxious now, like in large crowds and stuff, like you know, just because. Also, you've been you were you know stuck at home for a year and things like that, and not being able to do that kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah, there are definitely. I mean, there's there's like a handful of people at each gig um, that would have face masks. And I would say like some obviously some of the smaller ones that I'm playing. Um, I don't know if I saw anybody with a face mask at any of mine. Yeah. Um, and those are you know gigs that are the, where the crowd is anywhere between thirty to hundred. You know, so right. just depending on the size of the. Because you know there's there's some really small places you can play over there where thirty is packed. You know, so. Right. Um, yeah, and I, I didn't I didn't notice any then, and everybody seemed super willing to be out. Um, right. But I I would say it's affected here more than there. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was wondering. Uh, like, I man, I've never been, so I just uh, was curious if uh, if they. I seem like that that was everything was handled better. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. And and they already have such a culture of going out all the time to see music anyway. Um, and whereas I think people here are more um, insular sometimes, yeah. like um, and especially especially for towards acoustic musicians, I guess like they use more. Um, I don't know. They just kind of are more withdrawn. I, you know, I was, I was thinking about that yesterday. Like, I feel like, um, I still see a good amount of people out, you know, at, at my gigs and stuff, but I think that people are just more inclined to stick to themselves. And as soon as the show's over, they just get out, you know, like yeah. it's like, instead of like hanging around and having a couple and talking, you know, or something like that. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I've, I've often heard, um, you know, from friends of mine that tour internationally and things that like, you know, you'll they'll go through Europe and st- and the crowds are just completely different compared to the states. And, oh, massively! You know, yeah. it's like and people the way they respond to music and and uh, and everything else just and they're super appreciative of people coming there and and I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of times where people it's almost like background noise or whatever. People want to talk through the whole show and stuff like that. I've heard like uh, those kind of stories too, like when. The crowd will be completely silent, and people act like or think that like they don't like them. But then at the end of the show, they're all like going nuts. Like you know, it's like, yeah. uh, and it's like, it's just the it's a very different uh, practices how they how they interpret the music and how they you know show their appreciation for it and stuff. Sometimes, yeah, I can definitely sympathize with that. I, I've had gigs like that where it's just like quiet the entire time, and at the end, everyone's like, "You're so good." Yeah. Like, well, why didn't you like yeah. clap at least or <laughs> yeah, something right. like that? You know, like. Um, yeah, whereas there, like, it's, you know, after every song, and sometimes in the middle of songs, you know, people are like, what? You know, so, yeah. What about uh, food? Do you, do you, uh, do you have a certain dish over there that you were excited to get try again, and or are certain places you like to go to when you're over there? Yeah, in Liverpool, there's a restaurant called Mowgli, um, which is an Indian restaurant. Um, yeah. It's just, it's incredible. I love it. Um, they've got, like, this house chicken curry that's uh that's incredible and i think every time i'm there for like a two-week span i end up having it like four or five times you know just because uh because it's going out for food is also like compared to the numbers at least that we're used to like paying wise is cheaper there so yeah yeah i I, something i wish i could do more a lot more of i wish i could travel and uh and sample uh more local you know cuisine around uh, Mm -hmm country and around uh, the world and um just you know get get a little more culture and stuff yeah i would I'm, there's definitely like some differences in the restaurants that they have in like the cities there but not not a whole lot you know because st louis is you know of course still going to have like an indian restaurant somewhere they're gonna still going to have like maybe a, i don't know if they'd have a turkish barbecue place and if they do then great i would love to love to try it out yeah. but um you know I, I mean even over there you'll still see some of the standards that you see here like you'll see obviously greek restaurants um it's funny walking down um bold street in liverpool which is like one of the main thoroughfares there and you'll see like authentic mexican restaurant you know and it's like what you know like it, it just it seems funny or, or there's there's even like dedicated american restaurants there you yeah. know that are you know so yeah and they even had uh when i was there in june it was one of the last times it was open they had an american candy shop it wasn't open anymore in november but i think that the theory was that it was actually being used to launder money so wow. yeah fun that seems pretty american way yeah <laughs> that's, that's a good point yeah. <laughs> uh yeah that uh i don't know man that sounds cool and uh 
You uh, you thinking about doing that again this year or? Yeah, I'm going back to see that same band play again in March, and I was. Um, What's that band? Suede. Suede. they called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, they. Uh, but I was thinking because I'm gonna go there for about nine or ten days. Um, I was thinking about trying to book about three to four gigs, and I just started sending out messages to some of the places I played last time. Nothing too major, just something to do on days that I'm not seeing the band. Um, and just because I love playing over there. Yeah. Um, so if that works out, great. But if not, that's not even really, really what the trip's for. I think I'm going to go. There's actually an artist from here in town, um, Gavin M., who got me involved with a lot of the people that I ended up meeting over there. Because uh, when I was there a year and a half ago, he messaged them and was like, hey, meet my friend. Yeah. So I did. And, uh, and they're the ones who got me all the gigs. Well, he's been wanting to go together. And so I think we're talking about doing like a two week long tour together in June or something. So I'm thinking about doing June and November again this year, as long as it all works out. Yeah. 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 Gavin's a good guy. And, yeah. He is. Uh, really talented. And, uh, I think that would be, you know, for me, I feel like that would be ideal. Like to have a buddy to, you know, just to, uh, have to tour with and stuff, having, having a, a friend like that to, so you're not, you know, at least you have something kind of familiar when you're over there and stuff instead of just on your own and oh sure kind of yeah I, mean, I know you had a friend you yeah met, I've, met I've, over there and stuff and you have other people but yeah i've got yeah. a few friends over there right. that i've um that i can go see you know right. I, I've, I've never felt alone when i'm over there yeah so. sure yeah i just but i just feel like that might make things a little more easier and especially haven't like uh, also putting together a show you've already got you know two two acts and stuff like you can be like hey look we can fill a night of entertainment for you and stuff and yeah absolutely um but uh yeah no it's uh that sounds great man i'm like what uh now you you've, you've mentioned suede on the last one too and i know i you were telling me that you're oh, i was probably uh, getting ready to go see them actually yeah, yeah. you're a huge fan and like yeah. that uh well what is it uh what do you what is it about suede why that you would travel i mean obviously you said they don't come here very often but what is it about them that you know once you makes you want to fly over there to see them and stuff like what do you f- connect to the most do you think um the emotion of their performance honestly they yeah. they're because i saw them three times november 21 um and they were just one of the most incredible live bands i've ever seen um they especially their singer brett anderson just like puts everything on the line every show and he's you know after two hours He's always drenched in sh- in sweat, and like his um his he always wears like a nice button up shirt, but it's always torn by the end of the night. And he like gets it, he like will walk into the crowd and stuff like that. Like if he can, like he'll like he'll just get over the barrier, you know, because these are like two, three, you know, up to five thousand seat venues, you know, or something like yeah. that, or or just standing room only. But he's like trying to get into the crowd as much as he can. Um, so it's just the emo- and 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 their their music is so emotional too, yeah. like that it's whenever you combine that with their live setting, it's, you know, it's, it's just powerful and, you know, well worth seeing. Yeah. I, um, that's one of my, uh, favorite things. Like when they, I got, I got to see uh, Michael Franti, uh, at the pageant, mm-hmm. uh, and, and he's kind of like, you know, he's just, uh, he's, he's a powerful performer, but that was one of my favorite moments is like, he's like, literally running through the whole venue like the whole balcony and the floor and like so basically uh anybody in that room had a front row seat at one time you know yeah yeah. he went through 
the whole crowd and like high five and everybody and singing and stuff and yeah it's amazing and uh it was it was a really you know special thing makes every uh, you know it's it's a unique thing to make a room of three thousand people feel small you know yeah I'm like it's like you made everybody feel like they're a part of the show regardless of where they were sitting at and that night and stuff so i um I do. That's a cool thing to, about being those kind of performances like that and stuff. So. Yeah, agreed. Because I've seen the other end of the spectrum too, where like I, because I saw, I think I saw the Rolling Stones in 2015, and it was in, uh, it was where, in the stadium where the Titans play. So you know, it's at least sixty thousand people, if not more. Right. Um, and you just don't feel, even though they're good, you don't feel part of it because they're too far away. Right. Even though they do a good job at reaching out, you're never going to be able to do it, you know. So I, I, you know, I almost prefer those like smaller like theater venues or something like that because you can get more of that sense of community, you know. Yeah. I saw uh, Black Pumas also uh, at the pageant, and um, and he kind of did a similar thing, but not as much running around the venue. Uh, but uh, he, they're they're a lead singer. Uh, set up a microphone and plugged in a guitar in the balcony or had a maybe had a wireless pack whatever uh, but he uh played um tracy chapman's uh fast car as like oh, for nice. part of their encore or whatever so like they finished their set on the stage and then like and the encore he appeared up in the balcony and he played and they you know had a light on him and so it did kind of uh stink because when you, where you're sometimes depending on where you were at you had to like you know turn and look yeah. up and everything you know it's yeah. like but uh it was still a cool thing that like you know hey we're gonna play one up here and for these people too so um but yeah i don't know that stuff's fun man when they when they hop off the stage and interact with the crowd that way so oh yeah i can see how uh that could hook you in as a as a fan for life then mm-hmm. yeah and especially because like they you know like i said they they never really come to america um although let's see so I think the last time that they had ever extensively toured it was in 97. And then uh, whenever I did my November tour in the UK, they were right here. So oh, I, was yeah. Just, yeah, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. The closest they got was Chicago, but I still, you know, it was on a Wednesday, so I definitely still would have gone. Oh, so, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I say it a lot, but uh, the show's right. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll definitely take a drive. I've been to Chicago and Nashville and sh- Kansas City and whatever mm. you know, I go. I travel a lot for, for a good concert, even if it's a weeknight and stuff. So yeah, um, but yeah, I've I've gone to, you know, I don't mind taking a little little drive to see a great show. Oh yeah, no, not at all. They were, I guess, another another reason though that I'm glad to go over and just see them is because I get to just see them and whoever maybe their opener is. Whereas on the American tour that they did, they, um, they, like co-opt with a another british band that's kind of like that's not as big here as well called manic street preachers so they and they double build it so they each played like an hour hour 15 you know so instead of getting to see the full two-hour show but yeah. you know i i mean i still would have gladly gone to the gigs if i was here but uh i often but i wasn't i was in their home country instead yeah. so. all right i often think about that too like there's uh there's certain artists uh there's a guy i like a lot uh patrick sweeney that uh kind of kind of blues rock uh stuff and um but he uh, he comes through and I mean he does well and but usually he's, I've seen him open for some people and then he's headlining some other shows and things and then but I often think about like it'd be kind of cool he's from like Akron Ohio and uh, it'd be cool to go see him in front of a hometown crowd to, yeah you know that kind of thing just like to see what 
the difference is compared to coming to St. Louis or whatever. So, uh, so I think like that, you know, that where you're going to their, you know, home country and stuff or seeing them in, you know, they're more of a hometown crowd kind of thing. Like it's different than, you know, catching them here, opening for somebody else or whatever. So. Oh yeah. Well, and especially because uh, like I said earlier, British crowds are more right emotional whenever it comes to the actual show itself, which is funny because if you just speak to them outside of that, they're more, I would say maybe a little more reserved, but like, um, you know, whenever it comes to their art or, you yeah. know, shows or anything like that, they're, you know, they just, just like Brett singing, they kind of put it all out there, you know, Spe- especially Suede fans, I would say. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'll have to check it out. I've never heard anything about them, but I mean, we, I know you mentioned them before, but I need to go pull up some tunes and uh, and take a listen. I'm always uh, about yeah. trying to find some new tunes, so. Yeah, you'll pro- I would say, because um, in America, they legally have to be called the London Suede because there's some like lounge jazz singer, you know, and, oh, yeah. uh, in Philly that sued them like back in 95. Uh, right. So they, so only in America are they the London suede, but yeah, everywhere yeah. else they're just suede. All so, right. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about some of your music, man. Sure. Like I said, you put out the debut EP mm-hmm. in um, 21, mm-hmm. and uh, since then you've been uh, releasing a couple of singles, and uh, we're maybe gearing up to re- do some more recording and for a new project. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, let's talk about uh, square one. This is like, uh, you came on the show and played this one acoustic, but now we have the proper studio recording out there and uh, available for everybody. But, uh, Around your 
Is people responding well to this uh, the single? Yeah, I think it's it's probably the most popular song of the EP, uh, and it being the title track too. Um, it was, uh, and I it's definitely the one that I'm most proud of from those sessions. Um, it was just produced really well, thanks yeah. to my producer Lidge. Um, and then uh, I don't know. I, I still I still um, connect to it even a year and a half, or it, was, it hasn't quite been a year and a half, I guess, but. Because sometimes you write a song and then, you know, maybe even just a year down the line, you're like, well, I don't really connect to that song anymore. And I don't want to play it, but I still do because um, that's, uh, and I feel like maybe I even mentioned this the last time we got together. That's the one that's kind of about um, anxiety and depression and then the ways yeah. that you deal with that, you know, trying to, you think that you can fix it, you know, but you can't. You know, yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> you can only deal with it basically, you sure. know, and find find ways to be better. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I I listened to it again on the way over, man. Then uh, oh, cool. that's a great tune, man. That's yeah, uh, and that sound, like I said, sounds huge. Sounds really well produced and everything in the studio. So, uh, uh, yeah, great great song. Thank you. Um, but uh, along with uh, like I was saying, we got some new things we're working on. We did do some live acoustic uh, here today, and uh, some some newer. Uh, songs that you were uh, working on and uh, i wanted to talk about uh let's start with uh long days this is uh one that uh actually i mean we were having a little conversation before you even played it and that made what fitting what seemed pretty fitting to even what we were and then you go into that song and i was like well this is exactly the same same sentiment but we were kind of just talking about how uh i feel like especially now you know you're getting when a little older, you know, and getting grown, and we we just like it seems like time flies by, and and that's like the the chorus here: long days and short years, and yeah. uh, and that's like you know I feel like uh, I feel that all the time. Like I, I, I'll be working these like ten, twelve hour days sometimes, and I'm exhausted and things, and all of a sudden I look up, and then it's like where did time where did time yeah. go? You know, it's just like everything just flew by and and then blink and and um so I, so I tell stories like they were like the other day even though it's been 20 years ago and stuff like that it's just like yeah. it's, just, it's just weird how time works like that so but uh this song uh the song turned out real nice man was Thank any, you. anything uh anything around other than what i said uh that uh no i mean i mean you hit the sentiment of the song yeah. you know perfectly um yeah it's actually it's one that i wrote on the piano um but i've been playing it obviously on acoustic at my gigs because that's what i use at my gigs but um i'll be recording it later this year the I, actually the drums and the bass and the piano are all done it's just going to be you know vocals and anything else on top of that but i know that my producer's talking about putting like maybe a small string section on it but yeah it was just um it's one of those that kind of came to me out of nowhere um i was sitting around on my couch as i do a lot of the time just staring into the void and um uh the first verse just like came to me like you know just at, just like that and uh and so i put it down on my phone and i held on to it for a long time and i just kept coming back to it and i was like i think i hear the melody in my head but i'm not sure and then finally i just sat down at the piano one day and figured out the chords and as soon as i figured out the chords uh, all the rest of, i think there's like you know four new verses past that you know that just all it just a lot of my i just i always say that a lot of my better songs come within an hour or two because right. it's all things that i'm thinking about in my subconscious and don't realize it and then they just i just kind of like spit them out and i'm like well, i don't even know what that means but there it is and then i'll figure out later like oh i've been thinking about 
such and such, you know, for a while. Um, so yeah, it's just, yeah, it's about the passing of time and the things that, uh, that you think about whenever you look back and it, it's a bit of a, a nostalgic song, I guess. And I got the, uh, I got the tagline of the chorus, long days, short years from a story that somebody was telling me at the gym one day, I think he was telling me that he had been talking to an old prison guard and the prison guard was talking about, ta- you know, some prisoner who said something to the extent of, you know, the thing about being in prison was that the days were long, but the years were short. So I just kind of held on to that. And then whenever I needed a tagline, I was like, it, it had just happened that week. And I was like, oh, that's actually really good. So, mm-hmm. so I, I stole it from that conversation. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Years have fallen at our feet, but I am still the same. Time twists and turns and losers learn to play and win this game. And even though you change and grow, you're still the one I need. Long days and short years. Thought I'd find the melody inside another mind And use the words so fully learned to fill the vacant lines Where in the world do you think you're going? Running out into space Long days and short years Somewhere in my mind I can go Take a look behind Now I know Days slip into Space beyond the sky the Silence stirs and what you heard The echoes in your mind Laying with the thoughts that kill you Slowly passing by Long days and short years Down midnight streets where dreams run far behind. And shadows chance a fleeting glance through your open blinds. Living by the railway station, in and out of time. Long days and short years. Long days and short years 
years Long days and short years I kind of been talking about it um, more lately, but um, I don't know. I've been really thinking, thinking a lot about it, and and just need to just do it. Need to apply myself, and you know, just start somewhere. I guess I'm a partly a you know afraid or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's holding me up. But um, but I've been thinking about songwriting a lot more, and I you know I'm always been a super fan of it, and. But I've never really applied myself in in that setting, and but I've been noticing, catching myself hearing those things, like hearing somebody say, uh, you know, long day, short years, or whatever, and be like, hey, that's a that could be a hook, you know, mm-hmm. or that's a, you know, those kind of things, and I'm, in, I feel like that's a, a probably a big part of what you do, uh, you know, like. Just like you, you get inspiration from that one line, and then build from that sometimes. Or you know, I mean, there's all multiple ways about going about it. But oh, sure. I just feel like those are always a good thing. Like, hey, wait a second, here there might be something here. And yeah, um, yeah. And even if you can't write in that moment, like just like whether you can just write it down with pen and paper, if you can put it in a note on your phone, yeah. it helps because then you can come back to it later and see if you can recapture kind of how it made you feel. Yeah. Right. But I've been uh, anyway. I've been thinking about it, and I'm I'm gonna try to actually. Uh, sit down and do something about it. And, yeah, do it. I uh, mean, like the worst thing you can do is write a bad song and you don't have to show anybody. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> That's what I always tell myself. But, but you know, if it's bad, it's bad. But if it's good, then show people. Yeah. So. I just, uh, I don't know any of the, the music side of anything, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a, obviously a fan, but I couldn't tell you anything about playing guitar or chords or melody or, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Like, I just not, uh, as far as like composing anything. And um, so... I would uh I would definitely need some help in structuring it to make it a real song, but I feel like I would just, you know, maybe start like as a you know, just uh just you know, lyrics or whatever, just uh, a poem or whatever, you right. know, however you want to look at it, but uh you know, just writing and, and maybe have somebody else help me figure out how to make it a song and stuff, so. Oh yeah, and I mean I with all the musicians that you, that yeah. you know, you know, it, it, I'm sure it'd be it'd be easy to get stuff together. I mean, even um, even some people that do know how to write that kind of thing, um, a lot some of their lyrics start off as poems instead. Yeah. Like actually, um, I I believe that I've, if I hope this is right, I believe that I heard that the song "Wish You Were Here" by Pink Floyd was originally a poem by Roger Waters, and then David Gilmour's the one that turned like that gave it a melody, you know, oh, okay. and chords and stuff. So. Great song. Yeah. yeah. Um, Just a very famous example of yeah, poetry becoming right. a song instead. Yeah, I would, uh, I think I'm going to, I think it's like a, I'm going to go ahead and put it on the record here and it's going to be my my goal my for this year. Like to, All right. I'm holding get, you to it yeah, then. At least get one of them written down. There you go. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, uh, I've got a couple ideas. There's been a, like I said, some of those things have, some spoke to me like hey maybe there's something here to do with this and so uh i just gotta do it so i'm gonna i'm gonna make it happen um but uh yeah you uh speaking of pink floyd you see the uh recent uh 
stuff in the news with them. The, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, people are just. I I think that all those people probably never listen to actually listen to Pink Floyd, so I just don't even. Uh, it's pretty yeah. pretty it, silly. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to see though what they do for the 50th anniversary. I'm sure it's getting like a remix, you know, or something like that, or a remaster yeah. in general, like they do just about every 10 years. But um, yeah, no, uh, yeah, yeah. Pe- people people want to um, politicize a 50 year old album cover. They, yeah, they, right. they can go for it. Yeah, it was pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah. uh, the internet's uh, pretty ruthless with all that stuff. Like you it know, shows just, you the worst. So yeah, yeah, I just I, I just don't give it any um, yeah. credit, you know, and or any attention. Yeah. I, I saw the common so on that the whenever they i think they uploaded it to their facebook or something like that the 50 where the zero yeah. has the rainbow in it you know it's just right. like i'm like ah whatever it's not not even worth my attention yeah. so yeah just people being dumb yep there's uh there's plenty of dumb stuff on the internet sure is so it, uh, uh well we uh we got a couple of dates uh coming up um you play a lot solo yeah all around town and uh and but we do have a couple of uh, special ones where you'll be bringing out uh, more of a full band, mm-hmm. and um, also this is one of those being kind of a an acoustic night. So I thought it tied in well with uh, with your acoustic song we did here today. So this is uh, but we got a couple that we want to mention, and that uh, would be March eleventh in um, Carbondale area mm-hmm. at Hangar Nine, mm-hmm. and you'll be their full band electric. Uh, yep. And, uh, I mean, that is, uh, so mostly your originals and. Yeah. That'll be probably like 80% original show. Right. Cause it's just going to be an hour set. Right. We're opening for, um, a band called Sturgeon Friends who are putting out their third album. That's, so it's like their, a uh, release night. So All they right. asked for us to, to do an hour. So yeah. Very be nice. cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then on, uh, April 19th is uh that acoustic night that i was telling i mentioned and that'd be uh you were kind of saying this is uh in the lane of uh the old uh mtv unplugged sets which uh, i love like those were you know some allison chains ones probably my my favorite thing like one of my favorite things ever like, oh yeah uh, the performance is incredible yeah. yeah uh that whole set was was magical to me and uh i mean there was a lot of Really great performances, but that one's always been one that resonated. So, uh, but you'll be uh, over at the Zombie Guitarist Company, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, Zombie Guitar Company too in um, Sparta, Illinois, and so they'll they'll basically clear out the floor, and we'll be set up with. Like, you know, my my drummer will still be playing his drums, but he'll like, you know, like the lighter sticks that you'd always see in these like acoustic sessions. And then, you know, like I'll be on acoustic and I, I've got, I get, I've got a guy coming in that will be doing um, like lighter electric guitar work. But yeah, it's kind of, it's going to be like a very interesting night, like doing, like kind of rearranging some of these songs to fit more into that MTV Unplugged mold. Um, and just, it'll be fun to do something different rather than preparing for another full band gig, you know? And so, yeah, so we're doing that. And then, um, uh putting out an actual physical copy of my latest single because it's only been digital so far um and so there's just going to be for the first 25 people that come in the door there'll be a free copy for each of them and it's going to be the only time that's ever on any sort of physical media for now yeah yeah man that sounds like a really cool night and yeah, uh, you know like i said I'd, uh, i think there's there's something really you know special about that kind of stuff i mean obviously it's been talked about a lot and and well documented but uh you know just uh 
I love you know big loud rock shows and stuff, but seeing all that stripped away and and then especially in an intimate setting like that in a, in a little room um, doing these acoustic songs like it's gonna be really powerful too you know like it's something really special about that kind of stuff where you can really get into those lyrics and and um, feeling behind all these songs and stuff and so that sounds like uh gonna be a real good time yeah it's it's fun to just kind of strip away some strip away some like the layers um like you said like people can focus more on like you know the the emotional aspect the lyrical aspect of what's going on like that that's that's really appealing to me yeah mm-hmm. get some candles or something going yeah maybe set, so <laughs> set the mood and, yeah because the, yeah. the, the place was talking they're like they're telling me about all these lights that they have and they're like oh we even have fog machines and stuff like that i was like we'll just keep it pretty simple yeah. you know <laughs> so yeah i mean uh, um so yeah i'll maybe i'll have to make a make a drive out to sparta that night and come hang with you dude yeah absolutely <laughs> Uh, you mentioned uh, the single, and that is Concrete Skies, mm-hmm. and uh, this one came out, what, uh, November? Uh, yeah, Something I think like it was either October or November, somewhere yeah. around there, right before my uh, UK tour, yeah. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's talk about Concrete Skies. This is your your latest uh, single now mm-hmm. available on all your digital platforms, wherever you're getting your music at today, um, but... Uh, Drag my feet across the floor Where the light used to shine, not anymore All is gray, gone colorblind Kaleidoscopic mountains fall to the mind Concrete skies, they won't break Take a hammer to the light
What comes to mind around concrete skies? Um, it was, it's yet another kind of, I guess, uh, depression song because that's what I'm good at writing, I suppose. Um, but uh, it was just, I was having, I remember I was having a bad day and I'd, I'd already had the the chords for it, which was just basically moving an E-shape all up and down the neck. And it, it sounded really cool and maybe maybe a little Eastern at points in time, but like not, not really, I guess, but it was more so like... Um, it, it almost sounded like something that Jimmy Page would do in a way, like all these, the, but, um, and I used to listen to Led Zeppelin a long time ago, like, so maybe it came from somewhere way back in the past, but, um, and I just remember I was already having a bad day and I was driving around and it was a gray, cloudy, boring day and I was just like, the sky looks exactly like how I feel right now and I just remember thinking that it looked like concrete and I was like, well, that's something, you know, and so I just took it and uh, and ran with it, I guess, kind of the, and tried to, but I tried to make parts of it happier too, though, kind of like, you know, things suck right now, but they will get better, you know, is basically how, is is the gist of the song, if I, if I had to put it in one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I think, uh, I, I think that's a good uh, practice, you know, like, oh, even if it's songs or whatever, you know, like, we all have our bad days uh, here and there, and it's nice to put a little positive spin on things at the end. You know, it's always going to be something. Uh, you know, it's not going to last forever kind of thing. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, but, yeah, I think that's a, a good to put a, put a little light into it also. Yeah, absolutely. And I got to do a um, got to do a really cool lyric video with somebody from uh, just here in town, um, Brian Clover put out an amazing one that's on my youtube um so all you have to do is, is search chris chamis on youtube and my if my thing pops up there he took all this just amazing footage and compiled it together and you know and obviously put the lyrics over it um and it's been my most popular video so far but just the the work that he did you know and just keeping keeping that within the st louis area has been really nice yeah right on um yeah well you can uh, and you can follow chris on uh you got their official facebook and mm-hmm. instagram also yeah. uh so get plugged in on the socials and find more dates and uh content songs when we get, we get those ready to go and all that stuff so absolutely um but yeah man that'd be uh i'll t- i don't i must have missed the uh the lyric video i'll have to go back and check that out oh too. yeah 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 i can always send it to you too yeah yeah i'll uh and i'll link it up on uh on my website too whenever cool. whenever this goes out so make it easy for everybody but um uh let's uh let's play one more uh live acoustic tune and um this is called living with my ghost right yeah and uh let's um what's uh where do you find the inspiration for this one you think is this also depression (laughs) seems to be a a theme here yeah kind of i mean kind of i guess like it's also like uh it's just like um it's also about living with it's also about living with your subconscious at the same time so i'm not it doesn't necessarily have to be depression um so we were uh you know we were mentioning earlier about lyric writing that sometimes it's just deep in there and you're not really thinking about it um so some of it's kind of dealing with that like this other person that exists inside of you, like way inside of you somewhere that, um, that thinks about all these things that you don't realize that you are. So, um, and, and acknowledging that that's where some of the, um, some of my lyrics come from. So like the, cause like the lines in the chorus are, 
Um, I've been living with my ghost. He sings to me and gives me wild dreams. So like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, that's what, you know, that part of me is what gives me all, gives me the ability to be creative, I guess, is kind of the way that, uh, that that was coming around. And then also, um, like, you know, just like lines, like I've been trying to let go, um, Ecclesiastic, the sound of songs I know, um, you know, I, I guess there's, there's aspects of also, cause I know at the same time I was thinking about, um, somebody that I had been with, you know? And so like, it was kind of like whenever you're trying to, uh, let go of those feelings, I guess, you know, at the same, it, it was, you kind of, whenever you write a song, you sometimes tie in things from all different aspects of your life. But, um, right. but it, yeah, it definitely was more so like, um, you know, thinking about my subconscious and the things that, uh, that live there, I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone turn the light out I can't go to sleep The city's watching over me Lying in my bed What am I to you? Well, never mind I tried to get through Never mind, I know what to do I've been living with my ghost He sings to me And gives me wild dreams I've been trying to let go Sound of songs I know. Someone turn the noise down. I can't seem to think. A million words are flying through space Lying in my head Who am I to you? Well, never mind, I tried to get through Never mind, I know what to do Living with my ghost He sings to me And gives me wild dreams I've been trying to let go Ecclesiastic The sound of songs I know
I've been trying to let go Ecclesiastic, the sound of songs I wondering about that like do you you know you, you mentioned it and we talked talked uh about uh mental health a lot and mm-hmm. over the these past couple of interviews and things too but now do you find like that as a practice writing you know songs or playing guitar and like does that help you uh get out of the funk and st- or do you yes. like uh, is that a good that's a good practice for you to help mm-hmm. Get back to a better headspace and stuff. Like, get, yeah, get these thoughts out of there. Yeah, I think the one part of it that I have to force myself to do is just to play. Because sometimes, especially whenever you, whenever you've gotten used to something, and considering it's my, I, my job, you know, I play full time. Sometimes you don't want to, you know, when, it, when it's your day off, you know, you're right. sitting around the house, you don't want to, so you have to like almost force yourself to do it. Um, that's the hardest part. The the writing on and all that actually comes when I'm happy, um, and because then I take all the things that. I was probably thinking about when I wasn't, and then I write about them. Yeah. So, because um, I feel like, you know, and I've said a bunch, but like, I feel, I feel like we, at least, I, it seems like most writing occurs on heightened emotion. You know, it's like you're not really writing on a regular day a lot of times. Right. You're writing on a. It's always like falling in love or heartbreak, you know. It's sure. one, one extremes or the other kind of thing. It's that sort of a. I feel like those are big motivators for wanting to put something, you know, putting something in the songs or. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was just wondering if, like, if it was you found yourself, uh, you know, being able to be creative and you know, when you're down, or if it was more of a when you were. Uh, positive, you know, happier days and things and stuff. So yeah, I think I definitely write more when I'm happier. Um, whereas, and like I said, I you know I take from all the experiences of whenever I wasn't, and then write about them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely and 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 the damnedest thing too is is that writing makes me even happier. Um, so you'd think that I might want to write when I'm down because it might turn it all around. But like whenever I am, I can't. I just feel like right. I can't, you know. So I kind of just like build up all these experiences over months, and then just all these songs come out, and then yeah. that you know, then it's done. So um, yeah, I because writing just makes me feel like an accomplished human being, I guess, yeah. you know. So then whenever I'm not writing anymore, like once I'm out of ideas, maybe that's whenever. Um, you know, my anxiety and, you know, if you want to call it depression, like, you know, c- comes back about because then I feel like, oh, well, I can't do this anymore. Well, you know, you're not a, you're not an artist and all yeah. that stuff, you know, but it, yeah, it's just that, uh, you know, it's just not true. I, so it's I, just uh, stupid poison brain. So. I think that's like all creatives, you know, it's yeah, like you're, so, we're yeah. all, I mean, I, I'm not, I've never been a songwriter, but even doing the podcast, I run into days where I'm like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Like nobody, nobody cares. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't, you know, it was just, we all, you're, you're always going to be your own worst critic kind of thing. And of just like, is this trash and, you know, give it up or whatever. You, all these things start coming through and yeah, 
but then the next day you're like, what was I thinking? I gotta get, I gotta get back and do this thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and just seeing other people do things too sometimes like kind of spurs it on to like. Uh, I think one big push for my creativity was whenever um, over Thanksgiving of 2021 when um, the Get Back documentary came out, and then you're watching, you know, the Beatles themselves like struggling to write music and stuff like that. And it's like, wow, they were not superhuman. They're just like me, except they're, you know, geniuses what they do, of course. Um, but it just kind of like getting to watch other people struggle and then co- still come up with something brilliant is very therapeutic almost, you know? So, yeah. yeah, you kind of have to remind yourself of that sometimes and like that, that just because you don't have an idea now doesn't mean you won't at some point. Yeah. I just, um, uh, I was having a really bad day with it the other day because I've been trying to, I, I do have all these experiences that I've built up, especially over the last year that I know I want to write about and I'm starting to, and I know I'm kind of like right on the edge of starting a new push for a lot of new music. I can tell that I'm on the edge of writing a bunch of new material because of like just experiences that I've gone through in the last year. And uh, so I've been wanting to just sit down and write a lot more often. So I've been playing a lot more guitar, which is really nice, but um, the lyrics haven't been flowing as well lately. I, I've still I've still got like a new one that I'm pretty happy with right now, but I have I've got a lot of more music than I've got lyrics right now, and I've been wanting to write more lyrics. And I was having a day where I just that's all I wanted to do, but I was having such a bad day because nothing was coming, and I was just so down on myself about it. And uh, and my girlfriend was like, you know, just step away from it. Like you just because you can't right now doesn't mean that you can't. Yeah at some other point in time, you know, it's just not coming right now. She's an artist too. Um, uh, more like physical medium stuff. But, uh, so she understands, you know, like if you're not getting, if you're not feeling it, you know, that you can't really force it. So a lot of the time I think maybe we get down on ourselves because we're trying to force something because we're like, I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to be creative, you know, but nothing's coming because you're actually not in the right frame of mind. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, um, I think a lot of the time that I end up being down on myself and, and kind of cycle through a lot of the anxiety that I get you know it's really i do it to myself so yeah i think if i were uh or when i do i should probably say there you go yeah when i do right uh i think it's gonna be a lot of the some pretty depressing uh stuff too i don't know because i feel like that's where the what i want to work through is a lot of sadness uh, sure of course you know and i feel like that would probably be a good practice to just get some of these thoughts out there and stuff and and in a therapeutic sense you know yeah because that way something i've been doing now as of 23 is um i've started keeping a journal like so whenever i feel like i have something to say that maybe i can't quite be like oh these would be good lyrics i will just write you know just i'll just write my feelings whatever it is it can even like not be full sentences or make any sense you know just if i can get it out there it kind of makes me feel a little it's a little therapeutic yeah yeah. um well i uh i'm excited to hear what uh you know what, what's next for you like i said yeah. we get maybe we'll get uh in the studio here soon and uh get some proper recordings of uh of these live ones we did today and yeah uh, yeah actually uh in march i'll be finishing up uh all the tracking for living with my ghost yeah. so that'll be then probably the next single and he's in the summer yeah summer mm-hmm. time thinking yeah that'd be cool man um just in time uh, to, to hit the road again that's right yeah uh, but yeah, you, uh, so yeah, get, uh, involved. Um, I was wondering about, uh, do you, uh, 
you you've been watching any you got any good uh show recommendations or anything on uh any of the streamers that you've been you've been getting into lately or any uh when you're not writing what do you what do you find yourself uh watching and uh, I've been, I mean, this is old, but I've been on a rewatch of Seinfeld. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you what number rewatch it is, but uh, I'm, I'm like somewhere in the fourth season again right now. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm also just like kind of bad sometimes about watching shows. Like I, whenever a new show comes around that I'm interested in, it takes me forever to actually finally get around to. Like I only just recently finished Andor, the Star Wars thing. And I have, still haven't even finished, I haven't uh, finished Rings of Power or anything like that. Um, cause mostly if I'm going to watch any TV at all, um, I'm a big, um, Premier League football fan. So, um, might been Liverpool supporter for yeah ever. Uh, so, uh, so basically I feel like maybe I kind of burn myself out on TV through that, you know? And so then I just don't do anything with it. You know, after that, I just, I watch my matches on like Saturday, Sunday mornings, right. you know, or any other day of the, of the week that they could be. And then that's it, you know? So. Um, but yeah, I, right now it's Seinfeld for yeah. sure. Yeah. My wife's like big on uh, Friends. Oh yeah. Uh, so she's kind of like she'll she's watched it uh, the series like probably four times or something like that, mm-hmm. and then she still, you know, they rerun it on TBS all day long, and so it's like she'll she'll turn on TV and it'll be there, and she'll watch, yeah. she'll watch that one too, and I'm like. I don't know. Even though she's seen it so many times, she still laughs and still still fun for her. And but I feel like people do have like I don't know. Maybe it is a sense of comfort and or whatever you know, uh, familiar you know being familiar with it. Like, but just like if you like what you like and like you just you know even though you've seen it a bunch, like it's still fun and still people still enjoy their the things they like. You know, just like a, a classic record or anything else. Like so. Yeah, of uh, course. But yeah, those Seinfeld episodes. Uh, Still get our heavy rotation for a lot of people. And, oh yeah, and yeah, uh, great. Uh, the Office is one I went. I've been through probably tw- uh, two times through that series. And oh, nice, yeah. And it's still, uh, still a similar thing. You know, every, when it comes on, I'll still tune in every, certain episodes and watch and laugh. And yeah, I uh, I just started my second rewatch of um, Trailer Park Boys actually because. Uh, out of all the shows, I don't understand how she hadn't seen it because it fits her personality so well. Uh, my girlfriend has never watched it yet. Oh, yeah? And so, and I was like, this show is perfect for you. You will love it. And so we just watched the first two episodes the other day, and she loved it immediately. Nice. So I'm, I'm excited to get back into that one. Again. All right. It's, yeah, it's, that's one of them. But I, I do love getting new, I love watching new shows when they come out. Like, you know, of course, you know, like when Squid Game came out, I watched that. You know, um, when Ozark came out, I watched that, you know. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, otherwise, I'm not very good at keeping up sometimes. <laughs> I uh, just caught um, The Last of Us on, oh, uh, yeah. on HBO. Yeah, the video game and adaptation thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was really, like, the first one was a lot of fun, so I'm excited to see where that series grow, goes. And, cool. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I just caught up on a couple of movies. Uh, uh, Stars had, like, a free trial, and I wanted to, I wanted to watch... Uh, <laughs> the uh the unbearable weight of massive talent um the nicholas cage movie wait that's that's real that's a yeah. oh my oh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds great i need to see that it, it's it's ridiculous it's, and, yeah of and, course and, it's nicholas cage in every way uh <laughs> i'd never heard of that that's uh, great it came, it came out last year and i've been i wanted to go see it in theaters and and i didn't make it and uh, i've been waiting for it to like 
pop up on something and then i was so it was on uh stars and i like i said i just one i didn't have but i was like they had a free trial so i'm like oh perfect i'll i'll get to watch it and so i i but man uh it's uh so basically the premise uh is he plays himself in this movie of course and he's invited to go to this guy's birthday party who's gonna pay him like a, he's like a super fan and paying him a million dollars to come to his birthday party and um and yeah then it kind of there's some some twists and turns and stuff but uh there's uh some really uh amazing moments in the movie and i don't think i'm really like spoiling anything but he there's like a part where he's kind of uh having an internal struggle dealing with his own career um and like you know he's like wanting to do movies but he's not really getting a lot of work or something but he's like and he's so he's uh in his car and he's uh he's contemplating taking this job he's like what i'm I'm nick cage why am i doing a birthday party for this guy but then like you know kind of thing but but then he finds out he's gonna pay a million dollars so he's like okay i'll do it yeah kind of thing (laughs) and uh so anyway he's in the car and he's having this conversation and then like i don't know if they use like one of those like snapchat kind of face filter kind of things or whatever they did however they but they made it look like he's talking to like you know 20 year old nicholas cage uh and oh, like, that's awesome and he's like wearing like the leather jacket and he's got like the longer hair and he, woo, you know, like, all, <laughs> you know getting all like really an animated version of him and uh and those scenes are some of the the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. Like, it sounds yeah, amazing. Yeah, I can't wait. Nick Cage talking to Nick Cage. And like, <laughs> so it's like, um, there's one. I uh, need that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I highly encourage you. If you're any bit of a fan, like uh, this movie's and there's like so much. It was really well written. Like basically just a big, you know, tribute to to Nick. You know, it's like they were. They mention about every movie he's ever done, like you know, that kind of thing. There's a lot of like little references like that and stuff in there. So sounds like he wrote it himself. I, I mean, almost. But, yeah, <laughs> like you know, but it's there's like uh, there's a part where um, they're talking to him and they're like, oh man, you were uh, I loved you in Crudes too, and you know, <laughs> and like. Uh, which I thought was really funny. Like, was you know, there a, was there a second Crudes movie? Yeah. Oh yeah, my god, yeah. <laughs> I'm finding out so yeah. much today. So, but it's just <laughs> and then uh, it's just funny that like I also really find that line funny because like to to you know to uh, talk to an actor who's done all these great movies and then like you you want to highlight a animated movie. That, yeah. Like, like, you know, it's like so. You know, it's not and really, a sequel that probably yeah, nobody asked right, for too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, no, there's it's it's really well done, and uh, I don't, I won't spoil too much for you. But okay, it's, I definitely would uh, encourage you to check it out. And it sounds great already. It's highly entertaining. So yeah. it's not like uh, gonna win any kind of major awards, but it's a uh, it's a good watch. Uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, man. Uh, so anyway, that's my oh, and I also watched uh, the newest Ghostbusters the other night too. Oh, uh, I completely forgot there even uh, was one. After yeah. Afterlife, the uh, which uh, was really well done. I really liked it. Like it was a good, good blend of like old and new. You know, like mm-hmm. I thought. I thought they did. They did a really great job of like you know, um, bringing in new characters and then, and then 
still paying tribute to the original material and stuff. Like right, there was a lot yeah. of like uh, stuff where Paul Rudd was uh, like, you guys never heard about, the, you know, the ghost in the eighties and you know, in New York and stuff, you know, like, so that kind of stuff, like he's like telling them about the old, these kids about the old stuff. And then mm-hmm. that kind of thing. It was really, really cool. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, and I feel like, uh, and that was Jason Reitman, um, directed that too. So I thought that was cool. Like kind of keeping it in the family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and kind of following in his father's footsteps. Uh, right. So I think that's also probably why the material was so good too. Like he's been, a, you know, he was raised on those sets of, you know, on Jurassic, or not, I almost said Jurassic Park, uh, on uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters right, uh, yeah. sets and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, he, uh, I also, uh, fun fact, I saw, uh, him in um, acting. Uh, I watched uh, Twins the other night on Netflix. Oh yeah, and yeah. he's like he's like a little kid in there. Is like a little one little line in a in Twins, and I oh, thought, really? and okay. I thought that was funny that he uh, to see him uh, in there. So yeah, uh, but yeah. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, but yeah, I've been having a lot. I got a lot of free time at night, like because there's nothing to do when I get off of work at midnight. So I sure usually try to find a movie or uh, show to watch, and uh, so I've been catching up on a lot of old movies that i haven't watched and so that's what i've been doing oh yeah but yeah anyway i just i just think it's fun to see what people are are uh, into right now but uh do you uh do you have a uh, particular favorite seinfeld episode is there one that uh i really one of the one of the ones that i watched recently that i just loved was the the one where um they Got, I think it was like, wasn't like George's car broke down because he's supposed to. He's supposed to pick Jarrett from the airport, and his car wasn't working or something. So they decided to get into a limo. They tried to act like the limos for them or something like that, and they yeah. pretended to be O'Brien. That's what it was. And so they're just like going along with this thing the entire time because they're like, oh, because they find out that whoever O'Brien is has tickets to the uh, like the Knicks game or something like that, courtside tickets. And I'm like, oh, this, you know, thinking that this is great. They're inviting Kramer and Elaine along. And then they come to find out that O'Brien is a white supremacist, you know, like that was just like, right. you know, and so like, there's all these like riots against them. And so it's just, oh, that was, that was such a good episode. That's yeah. a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching the one the other day and they popped up on there and repeat and, uh, uh, it was like, uh, the, then, uh, in the parking garage and then like, uh, and then he. When they can't find the car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And get arrested for peeing in the, park, yeah. in the parking garage. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that was a good one, too. Yeah. Or the uh, the Ass Man episode is always good, oh, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, all right, a couple questions, and I'll let you get out of here. Um, what does, you know, you, you got to, you've, you've done some really cool stuff. I mean, we talked about, you know, getting to, your music taking you around the world a little bit now, getting to do some some traveling with uh, music and everything else. Uh, but what uh, is there a particular uh, moment you're you're most proud of uh, so far in your career? Is there something that comes to mind uh, other than traveling for it? I mean, not if if that's the moment. Maybe we could talk about that. But uh, um, I, is there what what do you uh, what's I your th- proudest moment as an artist so far? I think honestly, just every time I release a new song, I'm just very proud. Like the yeah. moment, like the moment it hits, you know, whether it's midnight or 11 p.m. Because typically it's midnight Eastern time. 
um, I'm just like so proud and ready to get that out. So I, you know, I experienced that whenever Concrete Skies came out. And then also getting to go play that song in another country then, you know, right after it comes out and, and having people react positively to it. You know, like I had, you know, you know, people that were coming up and telling me how much they liked the song before I had even played it at that gig. You know, they're like, oh, you know, we play Concrete Skies. So I'm like, absolutely, yeah. you know. Yeah. That or um, I think another moment that really stuck with me, especially over the last year, um, the first tour that I did back in June, um, I was on the train to head up to play in Blackpool, which is north of Liverpool. And um, and I, I had my hair up and I had my sunglasses on. I just didn't really look like me. I was just kind of like just having a lazy time getting to, ready to get up to my um, hotel and then go play my gig. And uh, somebody somebody suddenly taps me on the shoulder and says, are you Chris? I was like, yeah, you know, like, oh, we saw you play at the Cavern in Liverpool, you know, like, blah, blah. I was like, oh my, you know, it's just it's like it, a small moment that made me feel like, you know, um, uh, you know, an accomplished musician, I guess, uh, for, for just a, for just a second. Uh, that was, that was really cool. And it made me very proud of like what I, what I do so far. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's got, you know, getting recognized. And- yeah. Yeah. And then, and then just like another quick one that happened on that exact same, um, trip was I was in Liverpool and I suddenly get a knock on my door while I was warming up for my gig that night. And I was like, oh crap, maybe I'm being too loud. And, uh, and it was this Italian guy, uh, named, uh, Fabio, which sounds made up, but I promise that was his name. Uh, and, uh, and he was saying, Hey, I, I hear you. And, uh, I would really like if you'd record, yourself just on your phone singing love of my life by queen and send it to me and i'll send it it's for my uh i think he's a i think he's his girlfriend or his wife or something like that i was like yeah absolutely you know and so then uh he's like oh you know he's in town for like a a math conference or something like that you know i was like that's you know and so i did that and then he he's like where are you playing tonight and i told him and then he along with all these other mathematicians show up to my gig right. you know it was, it was just so cool you know just so, so just the the ability to connect with people whether it was you know this man from Italy you know and all of his mathematician friends or these people that happen to be on my train going up to Blackpool um, you know that that I think maybe that's the overlying thing is just the ability to connect and whenever I put out a song it feels like a new connection that I'm putting out there that maybe people can grab onto so so maybe it's just that it's it's I guess I came around to the answer there in a long way. Uh-huh. Um, just the, the idea that what I'm doing connects with other people. That's I'm very proud of that. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's all you ask for. Like, yeah. yeah. That's cool that uh, you're, yeah, people are responding in, the, in a way. So Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Not, um, not, uh, so so you, you recorded the song for him? And, yeah, I did. Yeah. 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 And actually he, uh, wanted to sing along with me on, on the recording. So I let him do that. And yeah. he, I mean, he, he's, he's not a singer, but like, it was still fun to do. So yeah, yeah. he was great. Well, hopefully, uh, we exchanged like contact info and stuff like that. And Cause actually that was one of the first times that I played long days was on that gig that night. And then he messaged me the next day. He's like, I love that song. Let me know when it's out, you know, blah, blah. so, so maybe towards the end of the year, I'll be able to be like, Hey, here it is. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. Yeah, well, hopefully I got him some points, uh, you know, having somebody. Yeah, I hope so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope, it, whether it's his wife or his girlfriend or right. whatever. So. Yeah. Or even his uh, just, um, you know, love from afar kind yeah. of thing, who knows. Um, yeah, man, that's cool. It was a very Italian thing, <laughs> I found. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Was he a pretty pretty good singer too, or you said you not a singer? Yeah, but wasn't like, a singer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, he. You're, Fabi, if you're listening, yeah. I love you. <laughs> no, <Yeah. laughs> no, no. <laughs> like I don't know. I. I but it was uh, just it was just fun. Sure. It was just supposed to be fun. Yeah. You know, not not like a serious thing. Yeah. So. Oh, I. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I have fun. I have fun singing, but I don't know that I wouldn't want to ever uh, put myself on a recording, uh, singing, and try to try to pass it off as us. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. So. I think he just wanted it yeah. to be more sentimental by having himself sure. join in as well. Yeah, which makes which like I said, it was hey, fine with me. I didn't. I mean, it was what, just a good time to do it. So that's what it's all about: is singing from the heart. You know, people. Yeah. Connect to what's real and stuff. I mean, you know. Yeah. Just putting that emotion in there. So yeah, it was a good, good, good song choice too. Not, not like one of the Queen songs that you always hear people talk about. You know, yeah. it's like, God, I love that song. I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Just over the, I don't know, just because we mentioned both bands. Uh, uh, but over the weekend, um, I was, uh, we did some family stuff with my, my wife's, fa- <laughs> excuse me, <coughs> my wife's family and and her uncle uh, said something about like. Uh, um, Bohemian Rhapsody. What that was? Uh, Led Zeppelin, wasn't it? And I was oh, like, God. Oh. <laughs> you know, I was just, Hurts. you know, I was like, yeah. uh, so anyway, it just made me laugh. Like, uh, but I, I get most people. Most people probably don't dedicate their life to music the way I have. You know, yeah. no, you know, and, I, and it's weird to realize that sometimes too, because right. you think like that's one thing that everybody likes, and then you realize like, oh, actually the amount of people that specifically pay super attention to music, you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's, sure. it's smaller than you'd think. So, yeah. Right. But he, uh, and then he played, he was, we had some music going on like Pandora or whatever. And he had like a shuffle thing going. And so then he started like to quiz me. He's like, who's this? And like, you know, within seconds, I'm like, uh, ding, ding, you know, whatever. And it's like, how do you know that? And I was like, that's all that's up here, man. That's all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. That's all I know is, uh, you know, songs, lyrics and bands. And, you know, it's just like. Same. I've spent my life studying this stuff, and you know, it's it's got me nothing. But you know, but <laughs> but, like, but I have a lot of fun doing it. So. Maybe some points at trivia. Yeah, and, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. It just made me laugh, and it was fun, funny moment. But um, but yeah, man, we're getting uh, get plugged in with Chris. Uh, hopefully, coming to a town near you. Uh, we we'll like getting new music on the way. Check out Concrete Skies wherever you get your digital music at, and uh, add it to your favorite playlist and uh, and whatever you want to do with that. But uh, check out the lyric video. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, I really uh, appreciate you uh, spending some time with me again today. And uh, thanks uh, to Fat Buddha here in St. Louis, Missouri, for letting us uh, hang out and record. Uh, so. Uh, but yeah, this has uh, been cool, man. I'm really, uh, this is one of my favorite things that about doing the show, like, is that we, we've become friends, uh, through music and yeah. that we, you know, you can come back and, and share some new songs every year or so. Or what, sure. You know, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. No. So I, hopefully we can do it again and, uh, you know, sometime soon. So yeah. Yeah. No, thank you so much for taking your time to do this. Today. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank man. You. Yeah. It's always, uh, it's just fun to, to, you know, like, I also look at it as like just an excuse to schedule time to hang out with buddies and stuff. So oh, sure. You know, so it's all, so, but yeah, I'm glad we got the chance to catch up and, uh, well, um, we'll do it again soon. Absolutely. All right. Thanks everybody. Bye everyone. See ya.